Welcome to the latest edition of the College of American Pathologist CAPcast. I'm Becca Battisfor, Content Specialist at the CAP. In this episode, I'm joined by Dr. Emmy DeBaca and Dr. Peter McCaffrey. We'll be discussing their upcoming course, The Present and Future Implications for AI Growth on the Field of Pathology, which is being offered at the 2023 Pathologist Leadership Summit on April 16th. With AI being perceived to have potential in the field of pathology, many pathologists feel underprepared when it comes to using it. In their course, Dr. DeBaca and Dr. McCaffrey will share pathologists' current perspectives towards the use of AI and highlight practice implications of AI's growth in pathology testing. Dr. McCaffrey, can you introduce yourself? Certainly, and uh, thanks for having us to be on the podcast. So my name is Peter McCaffrey. Uh, I'm a clinical pathologist by training. Uh, I work at the University of Texas Medical Branch primarily and, and also in a startup capacity in a company in San Francisco called Pragma Biosciences. And um, really my, my interests are broad across AI in both bioinformatic imaging and clinical applications. Uh, perhaps most germane to this discussion is I am part of the CAP Committee on AI, of course. Uh, and in that, I lead a, a task force called the Gap Analysis Task Force, the results of which uh, are really kind of the impetus for these data. And that, that uh, task force really focuses on trying to understand where the field is as far as its understanding of AI. And so being deep in that process, you know, that, that's, I guess, my most, my most relevant uh, uh, job, if you will. <laughs> Great. Uh, and Dr. DeBaca. Uh, hi, I'm Dr. DeBaca. I am a hematopathologist based in Seattle, where I work in a private practice, uh, communi- community practice. I have been long active in the CAP in informatics. And um, when AI hit uh, everyone's radar, sort of uh, became interested in that. And uh, now on the Board of Governors, I'm really proud to be able to support the efforts of uh, the Council on Pathology, uh, um, on Informatics and Pathology Innovation, and especially some of our newer endeavors, including the um, the Artificial Intelligence Committee. And uh, I've got a long interest in education. And so merging this gap analysis of what pathologists think they know about AI and what um, the CAP can do to try to inform pathologists uh, and and fill those gaps is something that I think has been uh, extremely important. And we look forward to uh, sharing these experiences with the people who attend the Pathology Leadership uh, Summit. Great. Thank you both for joining me on the podcast. So we'll dive right into the questions. With more and more laboratories making the transition to digital pathology, the potential of AI to create image analysis tools or derive novel insights into disease pathology beyond those achievable with the human observer seems to be on the horizon. But is pathology ready for this? Uh, Dr. DeBaca, we'll start with you. (laughs) Thanks. No, we don't think that the field is ready at all. Uh, First and foremost, there's a need to define the role that pathology wants to play in the transformation of the field. And if pathologists do wish to have a consequential role, then there will be required education about models, how they behave, and how they need to be stewarded. So many of the uses of AI in pathology are yet to be realized. However, they all likely have common potential benefits. Can you describe some of these potential benef- benefits you see with using AI in pathology, Dr. McCaffrey? 
Yeah, certainly. So I, I think there's a, a couple of important distinctions that one can make in how AI interacts with pathology as a field. Uh, one, I think everyone's probably you know pretty familiar with, which is image analysis, uh, digital pathology, this sort of infrastructure wave making this data amenable to AI. We've seen things happen in the world of radiology uh, that that really required models to be less human-like in general than anticipated while still being useful. One example would be triaging of slides, you know, telling me if something is absolutely benign or not absolutely benign, has an impact on workflow and workload and and, uh, and and what I might do or see as a pathologist without it having to be as good as I am, for example, at rendering a final diagnosis. Uh, you know, other areas that are kind of less uh, appreciated, but definitely important are QC, you know, something like identifying anomalies. This is something that, uh, is actually a big part of our job, especially as a clinical pathologist, a big part of what we do is not beyond the domain of something to model. And so I think this is an area of comparatively low-hanging fruit where, you know, diagnosing and understanding what is the case with my instrumentation behavior in QC is within reach and, and probably will be reached, in fact, by AI models. And that'll impact me and impact what I am asked to do on a day-to-day -day basis. And then the, the sort of interesting open frontier is in this growth of molecular that we've, we've been accustomed to for a long time in PATH, but we're seeing you know, AI models do things that we never could do. Like, tell me about splicing or expression or the consequence of a variant. Uh, was never even something we were able to master. So now we're wielding a tool that's kind of clearly beyond our capability uh, and we'll be using it. So we have a relationship with that tool. In that case, that might be led by that tool's capability, honestly. There's a concern among some pathologists that AI is a threat to their work and profession. Do you think pathologists should consider AI, AI a threat, Dr. DeVaca? Well, our field actually exists uh, due to people who were open to changes. Um, Rudolf Virchow brought microscopy into medicine, and uh, that's where pathology had its, its origins. Um, We've had myriad other technologies that have been developed, developed and integrated into uh, what brings us the practice that we consider uh, normal, if you will, uh, and comfortable today. So even in the last 20 years or so, there were new and threatening technologies that have been integrated into the profession. And these include things like immunohistochemistry and genomics. And now, now we see AI as the uh, newest threat. Um, but... I don't think that Peter or I would consider AI as a vital threat to pathology. And I think that that same could be said for um, the AI committee and um, the Council on um, Informatics and Pathology Innovation, and actually the entire CAP leadership, because we do think that pathologists who know something about AI and being able to integrate this into their portfolio of expertise will be less threatened by it and will gain more from it in the long term than the pathologists who, who do not. And I think that that could be followed along um, retrospectively in all of the other um, subspecialty uh, or, you know, then new technologies that I already mentioned. But even though disruptions are really threatening, they create opportunities for those who align with change and those um, opportunities are asymmetrical. So the people who decide to become curious uh, and interested and learn and uh, move with the changes will have more opportunities than the people who decide that they're set. 
What are the current limitations in the use of AI that pathologists need to be aware of, Dr. McCaffrey? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I think there's an, ab an abstract and then a few specific ones. And the, the abstract one that I want to actually put out there is I think uh, people in, in any area uh, that has disruption happening, AI is certainly no exception, uh, do tend to really uh, overestimate what might happen in the next one or two years, but really underestimate what could happen in the next 10. So one limitation, I think, of us as a field may be our own ability to properly calibrate what's going to happen with this technology, either over or, as our data would suggest, perhaps underestimate uh, where it may grow to. And so if you think about, okay, then, then what specifically do we need to know about models? How is it relevant to us? Well, a lot of it has to do with responsibility and risk, like anything. You know, we may not be the engineers who invent the AI models, but if we're using them for clinical practice and we're, you know, guaranteeing either explicitly or implicitly that they're going to be accurate or helpful in diagnosis, then just like any assay or analyzer, we need to know uh, with confidence the behavior of the tools. And one thing that AI is sort of notorious for is having kind of um, unexpected uh, sort of counterintuitive failure modes. And you, there's lots of literature on this. This is well understood in the field, but it's a technical area that we need to know about uh, because you know we would be the ones, I think, most proximal to those misbehaviors. And if we're going to stamp our approval on it and say, yeah, this diagnosis was aided by an AI, trust me, this is what the diagnosis is, trust me, it didn't miss anything, uh, then we have to understand those esoteria really, and make them part of our expertise and practice. Uh, and those limitations are basically AI can be fragile and overfit to unexpected things. A shift in hue or pixels here or there, a feature here or there can throw off a classification, but that's okay. I mean, errors happen in all modalities. We have to, we just have to know those really well and be able to lead in sort of the, the uh, liability and governance of those things. What needs to happen for pathology to embrace the use of AI and other novel technological capabilities? Dr. DeBaca? When thinking about education, um, this is the question that the AI task force was actually initially asked to, uh, to investigate. And um, our data indicate that AI remains really mystifying and esoteric to many of the people who practice pathology currently. I think that uh, we've seen that there's low confidence in understanding uh, but the technologies and and therefore in implementing and um, trying to govern um, them. So as, as an organization, we have an opportunity to create educational tools uh, that will help inform pathologists as to the uh, machinations of the technology and how it works and how it behaves. Um, it's important that the education allows the pathologists to become confident it, with AI tools, as confident as they have been with other technologies um, with which they currently work. Um, so this is a this is a fun uh, next couple of years in the CAP to understand uh, something brand new and come up with um, modalities that allow other pathologists to uh, jump on and uh, also feel comfortable. For sure. So finally, let's talk about what people should expect from this course that will be held at the Pathologist Leadership Summit. How will this course help participants better understand the implications of AI and pathologist readiness for using AI in pathology? Dr. McCaffrey? Yeah, I think uh, maybe the most enticing aspect of this is that the results of this task force are uh, a data-driven, survey-rooted picture of what our field thinks about pathology. And 
how, how much we know about it, and how we prognosticate its impact and its growth. So at the very least, we'll hear from our own voices, really, like where we are as a field and how much we really kind of know about this incoming technology. Where, where that's most useful to an attendant of, of uh, or attendee rather of this, of this presentation would be, well, you get to see that picture, which is nice to know rather than, than speculate on. Uh, but we also have, you know, distilled it down to specific things that like we commonly don't know, commonly would need to know. And I think that would let people leave with a better compass of here's where I stand, here's what specifically I should be equipped for. And importantly, here's why, uh, because of the expectations of where AI will go in our field. Thank you both for joining the podcast to talk about this exciting new course. For more information on this course and to register for the Leadership Summit, visit pathologistleadershipsummit.org.